Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Yeah, so today, welcome everyone back to Conversations. One day we'll invite our audience into the back room where we have these discussions beforehand. We've been talking today, Z, about troglodytes, about souls fragmenting, about honorable death. So pretty wide-ranging conversation. But if we narrow in on the central theme that we've been discussing, we're talking about honor. And more specifically, the death of honor. So what do you do in a world where honor no longer exists? And as we've been discussing, words don't mean anything anymore. We're in this weird time where people say anything, you can't rely on their word. You see this in the business world. This has been going on for a while. You can't do a deal on a handshake. And this has been a long evolution in commerce. But now you've got contracts. Those contracts extend from 50 to 200 pages. They cover every single contingency because someone is trying to cheat the other person and vice versa. You're looking for loopholes. You don't have honor. You can't accept a deal that you just sit down and and negotiate. You have to give everything to the lawyers so they can write a complete manual for you to sign before you can get on and do what you need to do. We see this in the influencer realm. And as we've talked about, the entire term influencer has no meaning. Uh, What does it mean to be an influencer if you have no life experience, if you have no interesting story, if you have nothing to offer humanity? You're basically a clown. You're an entertainer. Uh, You're there and you're doing more and more extreme activities. You're saying more and more extreme things to get people to pay attention. But none of it means anything. And eventually we see people, very young people, Caitlin, as you pointed out, some in their late teens, some in their 20s, who've already gone through a lifetime of influencing and just can't take it anymore and end up killing themselves because they can't maintain the charade. Uh, They can't maintain the constant happy, peppy show the idea that their life is just always on the up and up. Uh, they're scrambling to, to sustain this facade that they've created. And eventually it comes crashing down and their entire life crumbles around them. So maybe the way of reclaiming honor is to kill yourself because you've got nothing else left to hang your hat on. Uh, we've talked about how people don't stand for anything. We're looking for validation. We're in this world where the prime directive is don't offend anyone else. We saw that recently with Dave Chappelle. He got into some trouble just for pointing out that you can actually kill a black person and there are no repercussions, but God forbid you talk about the transgender community, suddenly you're canceled and your career is over. You could agree with that, could disagree. I thought it was a pretty interesting point, but he got canceled for talking about someone else who'd been canceled. It's, uh, as we've discussed, uh, I don't know where these directives come from. Uh, We just converge on certain ideas of right and wrong. It's some faceless committee who comes up with these standards. There's no consistency. Why do some people get canceled in some situations? Others don't in others. Nothing seems to mean anything anymore. And when you live in that world, it becomes very difficult to survive. Uh, If you want to exist like most people do, you go to the least common denominator. You do things that ultimately have no meaning, no substance, aren't likely to offend anyone, You just fall back on the entertainment. You're not advancing yourself, your own consciousness. You're not advancing humanity. 
And it's not good for us as a species. It's also not good for us individually because it robs life of its meaning. Uh, we're here to evolve, to push ourselves, uh, to test out new ideas, to achieve new things. And so much of that process, as well as a lot of the uh, just the enjoyment we get from life comes from human relationships. And when you don't have authenticity behind those relationships, you can't trust people. You lose the ability to connect. Uh, that's also a big issue. Uh, that affects our mental health. That leads to depression. Uh, so we're in this world where honor seems to have disappeared. Z, the best way I can think about describing it, it's almost like we're in this gray zone. We've got this heavy fog around us. Everywhere we look, it looks exactly the same. Everything has devolved to the lowest common denominator. And as we're talking about what to do in a world that has no honor, you drew this analogy uh, to the war. And you said the only way to survive is to fight through it and realize that you're going to suffer pretty heavy casualties, but you got to fight. You got to keep on moving forward. Let's start over there. Uh, tell us what you mean by that. Well, Vin, as you know, I look at martial philosophies and strategies and I apply them to the general formulas and strategies of life itself. The greatest battles of humanity started in the heart of an individual. And we can learn a lot from that. As you were talking, I think about what is said in the Tao. When honor dies, the legal system is born. Why is that? Because now that your word is no good, now we need to bring in surrogates and um, witnesses to lock you into something and then add sanction and punishment to that simply because your word meant nothing. The honor of being meant nothing to you. So we have to supplement that with various types of punitive threats so that the losses to that person will be so great that they will keep their word. For those of us, again, we're speaking to those of who is opt out. What is the benefit of honor? The benefit of honor is it soothes the soul. It subjugates the ego and allows you to understand your own limits and potential. You can say, yes, I can do that, or no, I can't do that. Really that simple. Your life is reduced to very simple equations. I understand my own abilities and limits, and I will adhere to those, and I will share those with you without fear of loss of station. I accept my station in life. So to do that, you have to, we would have to reject the common themes of daily society. Words are powerful. In the Vedas, they say yantra, tantra, and mantra. What you speak, what you design, and what you actualize. But what if your mantra is so skewed, so twisted, so corrupted, so deranged? What then do you create? We don't know what you're creating. It is just uh, chaos. It is just... Uh, bizarreness. It's, it's what, I don't even know the word you would use for that. But it's just a, it's a building isn't a building anymore. It's, abstract. it's not even abstract. Abstract is interesting. 
That just simply is a, something foreign, another way of doing things. This, is, this isn't even there. It's in another dimension of hell, right? So when, when, when your word means nothing, and that is the norm, you come up with the rise of the influencer. So in military speak, I'll share something I was sharing with my nephew earlier. I try to make these analogies. There's a missile called an AIM-9. AIM meaning air intercept missile. So it's a missile that shoots at other things flying. And what they discovered in combat is that it's really hard to accurately hit something, but you can get really close to another moving object. So with the AIM-9, they added something called an influencer fuse. So when that thing got within a reasonable proximity of the target, it would detonate so that it would still achieve the objective of destroying your enemy. By the near, all it had to do be near enough and within the ratio of damage, it could do the work. Influence. Influence is to initiate an action to achieve an objective or goal. If somebody is doing the Loma thing on the thing, uh, showing you, you know, all their shopping sprees, I don't know, whatever they're doing, ranting on about things they've never been, in, they have no knowledge of, sharing opinions. By the way, opinions are not facts. Opinions are not facts. And excuses are not solutions. So when we're listening to all this stuff, try to remember that. The trueness, the honor of the word. They are not honoring the word. So what did they influence you to do? Well, they influenced you to, I don't know. As Caitlin said, it's abstract. I, I don't even have a word for it. They influence you to watch the next episode of their shit show? Of the clown car to hell? Did you grow? Did you become a better person watching that? Did it inspire you? to do something noble or good, to be healthier? If not, then what did it influence you to do? To self-destruction. Because interestingly enough, a lot of them are committing suicide. That's their last act, of, that's their last act on, in this plane, and it seems to be the one act of honor they do. It's like a Japanese samurai committing harikari when he fails in his duty. He gave his word that he would do his duty. He would perform a duty. He didn't do that. So they have a what they call a ritual, ritual suicide. It takes a hell of a person to do that. So with these influencers that are killing themselves, I would kind of say they're, they're attempting to leave an honorable to make up for what they've done. Some of you say, that, hey, that's cruel. Is it? You've been lying to people. Your whole business, your whole existence was based on a lie, based on ifniness. You spread the disease of dishonor and falsehood through the internet over and over and over again. You lied about your happiness and your joy to people who are suffering. There's a lot of lonely, sad people that are looking for a way. You exploited their weakness. And you gained 
monetary reward by promoting, inflicting, and exploiting the suffering of others. Once you were exposed, then you saw no reason to live anymore. I'm sure everybody has a view of that. I, 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 I think I'm harsher on it because I see the end result of that. And our mission here is to mitigate human suffering, is to do things that uplift the individual's condition, to try to help people live a long, healthy, joyful, fruitful, and storied life. That is the mission of Dharma Media. That is the mission of our podcast here at the Dispassion Observer. It's through these resources of knowledge and information and skill-building tools. So when I look at this world where your word means nothing, I spoke to you about, it looks like, the last battle of Okinawa during World War II, where the Americans thought that they had beat the Japanese and they were partying on Okinawa, got on the beach, it was nobody there. It was a great party, they were having fun, they danced around the streets, they hung out with the locals, took pictures, danced, partied, had various feasts. Um, then they moved in further inland. They went up a hill and down a hill into a valley, had a great time. Went up a hill, down into a valley, had a great time. Went up a hill and lost almost 50,000 people. They were pinned in by the Japanese. They were pinned down, pinned in. What happened? Well, they didn't realize they were walking deep into a uh, deep into a, a booby trap, a, 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 basically a, a, an excellent value, as they say in the Vedas, a war strategy, where they ended up having 360 degrees of enemy fire around them as they danced into the valley of death. Because in their arrogance, in their lack of understanding, in the devaluing of the honor of the Japanese soldier. They didn't see that they were willing to give it all. And in order to take it all, you would have to give it all. So once they realized where they are, they were, fortunately they had very young people who were willing to freely give their lives. Their only way out was through a meat grinder of death. The only way any one man could make it out was to lose three or four men around him who would catch bullets. So as we move through the valley of the shadow of death, there will be great losses to all of us, great a number of casualties, the casualties of misinformation. We will deal with the casualty of false identity, the casualty of registic thinking as if you're, uh, that you're entitled to a good life, a simple life, everything should work out for you. All these things will have to die in order for you to get through the valley of shadow of death and into the victory of life. Because right now, we live in the time where honor has died. And where there is no honor, there is the false construct of a legal system, the just us system, where you can access it if you have 
more financial resources than the person opposing you. That is the only way you will receive justice because there is no honor. Think about that. Think about where we're at right now. And I don't want you to think about in a bleak way, in a depressing way, but in an opportune way. Be that field commander. Be that field marshal of your own life. What do you need to do? What, does it, what is it that I need to do so I can get through this life and be as healthy as well as I can to carry with me the few meager things that are important to me? What do I mean the few meager things? Your family, your friends, the people that love you, that you want them to be with you for as many days of your life as you'd like to. You want to share the knowledge of enlightenment. That is the treasure and the bounty of this war is the fruits of enlightenment, the gifts that you have understanding. So while there is chaos amongst you, or there are people around you who are so disturbed, and it is so normal that the vast majority of people you meet are disturbed, they don't even know they're disturbed. You appear to be the one that is messed up. You're the only um, employee at the mental institution. You're on the night shift at the mental institution on a holiday. That's what it's like. And nobody's around but the, you and the crazies. That's what it's like right now. So how do you keep your sanity? Don't go mix it up with the inmates. Even though you're lonely, even though it's a holiday weekend, you will get through. Just like those soldiers in World War II, the ones that made it out. I think they lost 50,000 that month. But there were those who made it out and they went on to see victory. We won't all make it. The more we're attached to the madness, the less chance we have to make it. So detach from the madness. This is an age where not only do we not value honor, but words mean nothing. The word influencer doesn't mean what you think it means. Are you getting people, are you inspiring people to do something sustainable, holistic, that advances and promotes the human condition, that uplifts the world we live in? If not, then you're not influencing. You're devolving. You're instigating. We call instigators influencers. Isn't that interesting? We call provocateurs. People just say provocative things, provoking, prodding, poking. Hey, that's an influence. I love to listen to that influence. I get so mad. I just hate everybody now that I've listened to so-and-so's podcast or radio show. The enemy is at the gate. I I heard it from so-and-so on the radio. Oh, those damn libs, those damn conservatives. I got my radio fixed on that station. Does it make you feel better? Does it make you want to nurture your fellow man, fellow woman? My God, we can't even speak anymore. Yeah, I I think about in common media, and then each side tries to claim victory. You tell a person, I, I listened to that special you're talking about, the, the David Chappelle thing. There was nothing he said. 
that was offensive if you use the metric of offense from, let's say, circa 1965, which weren't always good times. The olden days weren't that great for everybody. But there was clarity. I just talked to a young man from Mississippi. Him and his wife were moving back to Mississippi. And I said, oh, Mississippi, scary place. I see all the movies about it. I was teasing him. He said, oh, don't believe the movies. I, we watch movies about L.A. And I, and I said, well, what do you think of the movies about L.A.? He said, well, it's kind of true. I said, that's the same thing Mississippi movies. He said, no, they're not true. And I laughed, and I said, I've been to Mississippi. And I said, what did you like about it and what you didn't like about it? I said, what I didn't like about it is there's not a lot of educated people there. What I did like about it, there's a lot of honest people there. What I don't like about L.A. is there's a lot of educated people in L.A., but there's very few honest people in L.A. So I would take the uneducated, honest man over the educated, dishonest man any day of the week. So we look at the societies in both ways. And we look at the difference in how each one functions. The dishonest, smart man and the honest, common man. Where do you stand a better chance? One is diabolical and one is just dull. I would take dull over diabolical. For those of us who opt out, let's, let's be okay with calling a spade a spade. Let's be okay saying fire is hot. Let's be okay with knowing that as you move through this world, some days, like an old candy bar commercial, some days you'll feel like a nut, some days you won't. Some days are rough, some days are smooth. And we only know the day is rough because we know smooth days. We only know smooth days because some days are rough. We have to know that when we're in relationships, the honeymoon doesn't last forever. But the love can see us to eternity. So go for love and not for things that look like love. Go for that that is simple, bland. Enjoy the extreme taste. But the things that keep you healthy are pretty bland. In food and diet, as I've said to you before, they say the master takes bitters every day because every day is hard. That doesn't mean every day is bad. That means there are challenges about. And let us be hardy enough to engage and endure challenges. Because if every day is easy, over time we lose the musculature to manage difficult times. And that's what you see. We've lost a whole generation of people to this idea that every day should be easy. Every day should be comforting. Every word should be a word of praise. I was watching on the internet an article, reading on the internet, I should say, an article about some college professor that didn't, was uh, being kicked out of the school because he didn't give good grades to black kids. I thought that was interesting. That's always gone on. And, and, I, don't, and I, don't, I didn't go to college to be validated. I went to learn to get develop knowledge and skill and I had many professors who were uh, came with the baggage of racism and all this and I never expected 
them to like me. I wanted knowledge. So they would grade me harshly or whatever. It's like I think they gave George Washington Carver, who invented hundreds of things and patented many things and helped Henry Ford invent the actual auto plant. His friend of Henry Ford, he might have got a 2.5, though he had a IQ off the chart. Many professors saw him as a suited monkey, a strange anomaly, a smart black man. He didn't care because he wasn't there for them to like him. And if you don't like it, support and create an institution that supports you. If you don't like how you're being treated by someone, don't tell the world to stop. The world's going to keep going. Figure out where you can position yourself where you will be supported and liked. If you don't like sexism, don't participate in it. Does that sound wrong? I think that, you know, it, we, I, I had experience when I was in the entertainment business where oftentimes whenever we hit a city, there were flim-flam artists, grifters, that would follow the tour around. And this nowadays, to even tell this story, is considered offensive. But there would be mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts that would bring young girls to the shows and dump them into the backstage greeting areas or bring them to the hotel where the musicians were staying in the hopes that they would interact with these women intimately, sexually, or whatever, and then sick the local law enforcement on the guys under threat of payment. So I've told this story many times, and, and I have people that can validate it. And people would always say, oh, these poor victims. Yeah, the victims were the child, the children victim, but the artists didn't know. They would disguise fake IDs, and then they would threaten the artists later. They would extort money from them. This happened on such a regular basis that I carried extra money just to deal with payoffs to local um, uh, law enforcement and these grifter families in order to keep the artists out of the news and out of disfavor with the public. It was more common than not. So when I hear stories of the poor victim stories, I always want to look at the construct of the situation. Does that sound wrong? I want to look at the facts of how did your 14-year-old end up there in the first place. And if we're going to arrest the artists, I think we should arrest the parents, the relatives, and the people that supported the um, statutory situation these people were put in. So there's not one person. But because there is no honor, we now have wordsmithed everything to look like something else. So if one person is going to fall, so to say, let every supporter, every ally, every co-conspirator go down to. That would be the honorable thing. It would be an honor to the legal system, I think. But we as a society have been duped, and we don't want to hear the real story. We want to hear a palatable story. 
like the professor being um, punished for not changing his grading system for black students. There will always be disparity based on where you stand, how you identify yourself. Life is not fair. It is harmonious. We talk about the rise or the shift of the model minority mindset. The model minority mindset came about because of the racial pecking order in the United States. You can be here, but don't be black. I don't care how black you are, don't claim blackness. So people in protecting their families, simply wanting their children to be safe, went along with this system. They suffered internally so their kids would not suffer. That is an honorable thing, an honorable sacrifice. At the great cost to other people, not unlike a soldier going to war, will kill innocent civilians, will wage a war for no reason other than keeping their word that they would do that. That is honorable, but it was a dishonorable thing, but they were honorable. We've moved beyond that now where nothing you do is honorable. We do not value honor. So when we don't value honor, we can't really go back and forensically break down what happened. I don't blame, we can't blame that professor at that college for that. We can look at the whole system that put that together and then deal with that. But that takes too much work. That takes too much work. So we want it easy. We want to go that hedonistic route. Again, I often think about military life. Honor is, is complex and, and, and there's a simplicity to it and there's a complexity to it. You may be an honor, do an honorable thing that has a dishonorable outcome. But you have to look at the whole of it, meaning that did you give your word? There's an old story, Hindu story, about <clears throat> karma <clears throat> and the truth. And it tells the story of a very noble priest who had made a vow to always tell the truth. And he had also made a vow of honor to never do harm to anyone. So one day as that priest is going about his worldly business, a man with terror in his eyes comes running around the corner. And he tells the priest, please, sir, please, these men are going to kill me. Do not reveal my hiding place. And he ducks behind the priest in a building. Seconds later, Men with weapons and knives are looking around. They go to the priest. Did you see a man running in distress? We're trying to find him and kill him. You're an honorable man, honest priest. Tell us if you saw him. The priest sat there for a moment and reflected upon his vow of honesty and integrity and also his vow to do no harm. He's in a dilemma now. 
And he thinks if I tell the man where he is, these men where he is, he will surely kill them. And I've taken a vow not to inflict harm upon anyone. If I lie, I will also break my vow of honor to never tell a lie. So he says, dear sir, I have seen many men. And most of them are in distress, as you are. All of us as human beings are in great distress. And he went on and on with a long soliloquy about duress, stress, fear, and all the people he's seen in his life. The Dekots, the bad guys, were so frustrated, they just said, oh, shit, damn priest, shut up, and just ran on. So he was able to maintain his vow of honor and ahimsa. It's a lesson for all of us. Let's see how we can navigate this, because for our own sake, we need to be honorable. Let our word be bond. And an easy way to do that, don't give your word if you can't do it. Don't say you can if you can't. Follow the Tao and do your best and walk away. Don't do things hoping you will win over other people. Don't be dishonorable. Let yourself hold on to the gem of, of honor in your own life. What does it do for your health? Well, we know there are endocrines that are released in your body when you do good. When you feel deep in your soul, in your essence, that you have done something significant and good. It's actually worth more medicine than you could ever take. The flood of pheromones and, and endocrine chemistry that, that, that saturates the body when you've done good. We think about here in the Dharma community, for those of you who are near or far, we talked about the young, the lady that owns the store down the street and what all, everybody got together to help her out when she was simply exhausted. When the store the other day, uh, Tony had cleaned up the whole store. It looks like a new building. And the woman just glowed, right, Caitlin? How did that make you feel being part of that? Uh, really good. Yeah. Uh, and Caitlin needs to feel good. She, she's a wreck right now. So <laughs> the fact that it made Caitlin feel good, it was like taking a painkiller, right? Or whatever you take. Mm -hmm. Was it like smoking the weed or was it like a mushroom? <laughs> Which one was it for you? Um, no, it just was really great to see her, like, like look lighter, like, visually. But what it did for you, what did it do for you, seeing that? Um, you know, I don't, I, see, Tell, the thing is, I, it felt great, but I didn't take the action, Tony did, so. But you're part of that. Right. She's your homegirl. Yeah. She's the home team. Of course. So, yeah, the, as a team, we sent. We One won. of our best over We won. There. And, and we kicked ass and took names. Yeah. And then, in turn, I get to train with Tony. I get to spend time with her. And we get to kick it. You and see? Just do a good, an honorable duty. Yeah. It was honorable. Mm -hmm. And, and I, it was initiated in me because she made me, in the eyes of this sad woman, I saw my mother's fatigue. And I came to you guys and shared that. And then we all did a little something that was honorable. And you can put a, a little ribbon on your report card. 
and that feels good. And life is really that simple. There is a value to honor, even in a society that doesn't value it. Let us value it. Let those of us who are working on being well, being healthy, living full and storied lives, let us live with honor, no matter what else is going on. Call a spade a spade. Don't buy into the negative aspects of cancel culture. And I say the negative aspects because I think there are some good things to cancel. We should cancel hate and um, discrimination and evil in the sense of, of mass foolishness and ignorance. We shouldn't invest in that. We should cancel our subscription to anything that promotes hate and well-being uh, and, and general goodwill towards others. But we shouldn't cancel comedy. We shouldn't cancel free thought. We shouldn't cancel um, the challenges of discourse. That's what I mean, the negative aspects, the unsustainable aspects of cancel culture. We shouldn't shut people down because they disagree with us or they live a different way. We shouldn't uh, cancel people because they simply have a different opinion. Be very careful, all of you opt-outs, when you're listening to these different shows and speakers, that they have no dog in the fight. As the, as the Pandora papers came out and the Facebook uh, papers came out, that shows there are algorithms that promote divisiveness, hate, because it gets us as a, as a primitive creature to react and consume, to buy more stuff. Now that you know that, ask your higher self, who are you mad at? How did you form your opinion? Who is in your social circle? Is your social circle of diverse thinking and do they stimulate your conscience? Do they challenge you to be better or do they just parrot whatever you hear? Whatever you want to hear, whatever the same old story is. So for those of us, that's not healthy to be closed and narrow-minded. Be careful of your own mantra. Do you start your conversations condemning other people? Does that uplift you? Does it make you feel better? Does it move the bar of your own greatness? Does it help you live longer? Does it cure a disease? If it doesn't, don't do it. I listen as an experiment. I'm always listening, observing. And, and I hear people, how their views about the Kofifi how polarizing it is. But no one, in all of these conversations, the voices of reason, the honorable voices, you don't hear them. Nobody said there is no vaccination against ignorance. There is no vaccination against comorbidities that you invited into your own life. But there are preventative measures. There are prophylactic measures you can take. This is a stand-down time in society because we have harassed our earth. We have abused antibiotics 
antivirals. We have sat too long. We have drank too much sugar. We have eaten too much strange foods, microplastics. And now the chickens have come home to roost. So we need to do better. But there will be no vaccination against that chicken. Let us be honorable in our pursuit of knowledge. And when it comes, don't deny it because it's bitter. Swallow it honorably. Take your medicine. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, the concept of honor, the benefits to me are clear hearing you speak and also just observing myself uh, over the years and some of the rewards that you get from being authentic, being true to yourself, maintaining your word. You mentioned a few of those. Uh, one I thought was particularly interesting is you have clarity. Uh, so if you have honor, you know what you're willing to do. You know what you're not willing to do. I was watching this YouTube video the other day, actually someone you got me on to, Willie D, who was talking about Little Nas X, uh, the rapper uh, who came out and said, no one in the rap industry respects me. And Willie's response was, that's because you're a clown. You're an entertainer. You're not a real rapper. You're not talking about things of substance. You're just there to get approval. And he went on to observe that in this life, you should figure out pretty early on what you're willing to do for money. And if you don't know what you're willing to do for money, at least know what you're willing, what you're not willing to do for money. And that's how you maintain your integrity, maintain your honor. Otherwise, you find yourself in these compromising situations and you destroy some very sacred part of yourself. So if you have that honor, that clarity, if you can maintain your word, it makes decisions a lot more simple. Uh, you know what direction to go. You don't have to spend a lot of time with mental churn. If you think about the contrast, the opposite situation, you're always looking for validation. Then you have never any idea what to do because the standards are completely changing. Because you're trying to appease someone else. You don't know what they're thinking. Even if you know what they're thinking, their thoughts are changing moment to moment. You're always playing catch up. And you drive yourself insane. Uh, so having that honor gives you that clarity, that peace of mind promotes a certain amount of calm, enables action. You can move forward. You can move forward with more certainty, more power. So that's one benefit we've talked about. Other benefits uh, we talked about just feeling good. If you're true to yourself, you feel good about what, you've what you do. You feel good about how you interact with other people. And that just raises your overall health. Uh, that raises the quality of your life. Uh, we talked about relationships. If you have honor, if people can trust you, they can open up to you. You have a certain level of intimacy that otherwise you're never going to have because people don't know what you stand for, what you represent, whether they're dealing with you as you actually are or they're dealing with someone that you're projecting. They don't know what the risk is, the liability is, if the interaction. So the benefits are powerful. At the same time, they're not generally appreciated by society. So part of this may require us in the opt-out community 
to shift our measures of success? Uh, do we care about money? Do we care about notoriety? Or do we care about things that are perhaps more important, but are also more difficult to measure and to quantify? We can feel them very deeply, but we can't necessarily put a number on them. So there might need to be some shift in perspective as we think about how to live with honor. But Z, I also want to talk about the downside of living with honor. And you alluded to this a few times. You talked about how we're in a world which doesn't reward honor, at least not in material terms. So a couple of examples I can think of. One is if you're dealing with someone, you've got a business arrangement, you shake their hand, you give them your word, you don't stipulate everything in the contract, and suddenly they steal your intellectual property or they never live up to their end of the bargain. It can become very easy from a business standpoint to lose out to people who don't have that honor but are just looking to maximize financial gain. Uh, That's one example. Uh, We talked about universities and we talked about how back in the day, You cared about knowledge. You never really cared about what grade you got. And maybe there were professors who had some racist baggage, and maybe they dinged you because of that. So instead of ending up with an A, you ended up with a C, something like that. And you didn't care because you knew what you were getting out of it. But for a lot of people, college isn't about acquiring knowledge. That's actually secondary to getting a stamp of approval And getting that badge that you can then take to your next employer and say, look, not only did I graduate, but I graduated with honors. I had a good GPA. And because of that, I've got a ticket to getting a stable job with a good amount of money where I don't have to worry about feeding my family. Now, you can argue about whether that's a sensible objective or not, uh, but that's the reality of the university system today. It's basically a massive screening process, and it comes up uh, going through the process puts you in this recruiting pool, and then you're eligible to get uh, positions in corporate America. Uh, The better university you go to, the better grades you have, the better the job is in terms of how much money you can make. Uh, So I'm, I'm not saying you should care about these things, but there is the reality that at times we do have to worry about money. We have to worry about materially, how are we doing? We don't want other people to constantly be benefiting uh, from the fruits of our labor. Uh, How do you think about navigating those two different positions? Uh, One being, let's live with honor and let's get the spiritual reward versus the other, yeah, practically I got to survive, I need a certain amount of money, and I got to play by the rules of the game. I mean, I would say just always keeping in your mind that life is transient, ever-changing, Fate is a whimsical and a wayward mistress. Anything can happen at any time. Live your life to the fullest and be true to yourself. Know that even if the world doesn't reward you, or you be okay with yourself. Do not need the approval of others. Many years ago, I worked uh, with a, a gangster who had made a fortune um, in all sorts of different ways, both legal and illegal ways. And he had a bail bond company. And for a moment, he hired me to be a bail recovery person where I would go out, basically somebody skip bail and I'd track him down and bring him back. And so he could get whatever bail money he had given, put up. And he had an honest conversation with me one time after I had finished, I brought him the guy back and uh, the guy was a little weathered from our experience together. had to go and do life in prison or something. And uh, 
he paid me and I was going on. He said, you know, Z, I never really feared many people in my life because I always figured out the price of a man or a woman. I could go up to somebody and say, how much would it cost to slap your mother? How much could I pay you to hurt your best friend? And they, they would all, there was always a number. They had a, an honor limit, which was the price. Thus, I could control the person. I can't control you because you don't want anything. Nothing I have do you want. I see it in your eyes. Though your word is honorable and good, I have no control over you. And I have to let you know, I'm afraid of you. I said, sir, I'm sorry you feel that way. He says, no, no offense. But you're a man with no price. He said, but I'm okay that it's okay because you'll probably die broke. And I said, maybe so, but we all going to die. And broke is all relative. I'm the richest poor man you'll ever meet. I have resources, friends, and love all over this world from simply sharing an honorable heart. Some people like me, some people hate me, but they all know I'm good. He says, yeah, that's why you're dangerous. And that's why I'm uncomfortable. He said, because I'm not like that. I have even a price on the head of my kids and they know it. I said, yeah, I get it. Because he was a man who exploited the lack of honor in society. He understood he accepted the norm. So honor was something very threatening for him. It was very strange. It was bizarre. It was kryptonite. It was a nuclear bomb. And I'm glad I have that. And there are different rewards we all receive in this world that cannot always be quantified by assets. Though it's a good metric, we would all like to live a comfortable life. We'd all like to have days of not worry about where our money's coming from. But aside from that, what is the thing that you value the most? Is it that integrity of the soul? By yourself and nobody around, what's important to you? Be honorable to that. And if you have nothing that that's deep or important to you, then that's your sadness. Hope we never meet. I hope everybody has something that isn't for sale. Something. Something you wouldn't sell. Is that not the essence of being a human being? Is that tiny drop of honor? And from there, the fruits of dignity arise. Human dignity. Human dignity comes from honor. And without dignity, your life is not really significant. You just took up space. Try to have a drop of honor. Ask yourself, the dearest thing to, to, to you in life, 
the most valued of your all possessions, connections, people. What's a dollar figure on them that you would betray that? Don't quickly say it because one day maybe that shows up. When I worked in the entertainment business, there is a truth to what they tell you. The weird stories, the transition from a good artist to being an artist of fame. Oftentimes there were rituals of hazing by those in power who had no talent, but they had the means to promote a person's career. And there would be that day and that moment where they would go to that person and says, Hey, I want you to do something so degrading and humiliating just to show me that it's worth my investment in you. Let me see you do something that will haunt you for the rest of your life. But in exchange for that, I'll pay you. And many people did it, whatever it was. That's why you see the drug abuse. Because people, people are haunted by whatever they did. I know many people that did something or that was so horrific, so deranged, so perverse, but it launched them into stardom. And also launched them into that weird part of these great people that why are they taking drugs? Why are they killing themselves? Because they did something that they need to dissolve in the haze of drug abuse. Let's never go there. That's for the opt-outs. When you are an opt-out, you are part of that group of people who live off the land, like our dear neighbor. We all came to her aid. It wasn't the money, but it created abundance. Because we've gotten back. She's participating things. She's always supported our business in different ways, got us things we needed to get. When people are broke, they can always go to her and, and get a supplies and she'll put them on the credit or whatever it is. She has an honor system with us. So we can live off the land. Let's think about it. Huh, Vin? The way you're talking, Z, there's something about it that is beautifully uncompromising which is simple it's honorable uh, for lack of a better description and i think it's the essence of honor just knowing who you are and not willing to compromise and it's interesting the story that you brought up about the the person you were working for and how that was so threatening because we live in a world where that quality that uncompromising nature is so rare. We're used to dealing with people who have that price, who we can exploit, who we don't take what they say at face value. And at the very least, it becomes unfamiliar when you encounter someone who isn't like that. But let's all take that as a model. And I would say even if we don't make the same choices that you do, uh, one one thing you said, which really resonated with me, is just know who you are. Just know what you care about. What is that one thing you care about? Know it, define it, be true to it. And that's the birth of honor. And that's what keeps us going. That's what makes us whole. Yeah. So for those of us who want to cultivate that honor, 
in a world that doesn't value it. Let's value ourselves. Stop out. Partner up with those of like mind, like thinking, common goals and objectives. Let's live long, prosperous life, growing in knowledge, having love in our life. The simple, quiet things, the mundane, without looking outside to see if someone's applauding you or clapping for you, or that the throngs of faceless minion and simps are not cheering for you. Be okay with that. All right, Ben? All right. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.